1: Welcome everybody. This is the Tech Meme ride home experience for Wednesday, August 25th, 2021. It's almost it's not quite the end of the summer, but it's 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 getting into that phase. Um, and we were off last week. So, of course, as usual, a million things happened. And in some ways, it might have been actually actually good uh for us to be off last week because the thing that we were going to talk about today, which seems to change by the day, is this whole OnlyFans kerfuffle. And at least to start, you know, because I feel like that's it's 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 in the creator economy realm. It's in the FinTech realm. It's in like legacy banking systems. It's, it's culture. It's, uh, I don't know. It's, um, it's weird. It's, it it feels like it's a seminal moment. Get it.
2: It's, it's,
0: it's very (laughs) weird. It's very weird, but yes, I got your, (laughs) (laughs) I know
1: that's what happens when I'm gone for a week. Anyways. Mm. So what's, what's, what's your, what's your take on this, Brian?
0: Uh, Um, there are so many stories recently. I said this today, where I feel like we don't really know what's going on behind the scenes, and we're only seeing like the the surface. You right. know, um, like even like you know the the China stuff, the China tech stuff. There's no way for us to know over here what's really going on behind the scenes. There, um, you know, the the recent every platform decided at the same time they wanted to protect the kids. I think we we got to the bottom of that one. I think um, so. yeah, I'm
1: well, there's right. Cause there was the theory about MasterCard. At least, you know, cutting off. No, no, no no, 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 no! I know well, that was that was one theory, yeah. but the other thing was that the EU and I actually had, had suggested this. Right, um, right. What is is making some rules, some some changes. That's, th- that's and, what I think yes, it is. Yes,
0: yeah. Uh, specifically, Britain actually it wasn't even the EU, which was kind of the oh. point that even even you know, specifically. Hmm. yeah. I'm not saying that the UK is a small market, but the the point that I think I did say on the show was it's not the biggest market in the world, but if they still make a rule yeah. that most platforms have to. Uh, deal with uh, that's still meaningful. Um, the other the other story is that that whole one about the the, the hack where the hacker gave all the money back. Like oh, I feel the like
1: there was it Polygon,
0: yeah, or, or no, not Polygon, uh, po- Poly Networks oh, or something oh, like poly that. Poly Network, yeah, yeah, okay, right. Where it's like I promise you, there's something else going on there. But, um,
1: <clears throat> and now they're like offering him a job or something, and like the game, uh, yeah, it, it yeah, is very yeah. strange. I can't tell if it's someone who's like uh, I don't know let's say, how do I put this? Um, Someone who thinks he's doing well, you know, and is very deep into the whole crypto space. But actually, like, when you step back from it, you're like, no, that's not really how you kind of contribute to the network.
0: Or the less generous people are saying that it was all a marketing stunt, which people are also saying about this, the OnlyFans thing. Uh, There's not a a few people that have been saying that. Um, I'm going to say this. Uh, people, there are people that are saying that what is ultimately behind this is that there are people that wanted to cash out, and if you understand the porn industry Hmm. over the last 10 to 20 years uh the internet basically took over porn and disrupted it completely and there's one giant company that runs most of the porn industry uh some people are saying i'm being very careful here mm-hmm. that that certain people behind that you know have been making hundreds of millions of dollars for several years doing this. And they felt like Like
1: there was a documentary about this, about, um, uh, there's, yeah. Okay. Continue
0: again. I'm not going to name any names. Uh, but so what I have heard is that certain people are like, well, this is our opportunity to either cash out or, um, go clean. And, and you you mentioned the creator economy. And so like, this is a, this would be a way to like go upscale and, and, and go legit Uh and become Uh a, Um, this is what I've heard. And so this is why I'm always skeptical about the changing stories about this. You know, some of the stories are they couldn't raise investment money. Some of the stories are that the credit card companies and the payment companies didn't want to play ball with them. All of these things can be true at the same time. Yep. Um, but what I'm saying on this story is that I, I don't think we have even an inkling of what's really going on here. Um, So what's your take?
1: I mean, I guess I'm trying to, I'm trying to piece apart a a couple things. Like one, what is the, what is the lesson? What is the meaning here? Like in some respects, what I find is interesting is the cultural shift towards a different understanding or appreciation of, of sex work and the elevation of that, you know, trade and that opportunity to bring it into like a, a a regular type of, um, you know, job, I guess, you know, Mm -hmm. it isn't seen Mm -hmm. in a. A sort of negative light. Um, and if, I, I don't know, I, I was reading a bunch of things about how there's kind of conservative values that are also affecting the banking system and causing people to, you know, like, because there's an interesting set of adjacencies that make this really hard to piece apart. Like specifically one week we're talking about child pornography and CSAM and Apple scanning our phones. And the next we're talking about sex work and the inability for workers who are doing that work as as adults, presumably, to be able to make a, a living performing those that service. So I don't know how to fit these things kind of in my mind in terms of where the culture is going and where the power lies. Clearly, well, the way- banks in the system have an enormous amount of power, but is it really about the content? Is it about verifying the people who are on the platforms? Is it about you know protecting people? I, I don't quite know how to make all those things make sense. Now, of course, what's interesting also is the way in which we are concerned about social media platforms having this sensorial, you know, ability to amplify and remove different content. But now if banks can do the same thing with different types of employment, which, which of course they are in many respects, that also opens up a bunch of different questions about how to regulate, you know, the regulators, et cetera.
0: Well, and as I said, I mean that's what theoretically crypto should solve. But I don't think I said this on the show. I, I'm, I'm sure I tweeted about this, but it it continues to amaze me. And I know this for a stone cold fact that um, I did say on the show that like any business that has the numbers that OnlyFans has right. um, would be raising money hands
1: over fist. fist right. I think is your 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 phrase.
0: It amazes me that the one taboo in vc land continues to be um sex that's mm-hmm. it yep. and now now there are long-standing reasons for that because when you raise a fund like there are lp restrictions like it's yep. written into yep. certain funds what you will and will not invest in yeah um but i can't believe that that still is real <laughs> is what i'm saying <laughs> um since that
1: it's specifically like t- towards sex and sexual related. Yeah. And, and, uh, and porn, right. And right.
0: porn. Yep. Um, and you know, I'm old enough to remember the, the porn scare of the mid nineties when that was one of the first things that, you know, people tried to regulate the internet over. Yep. And that was one of the first things that the internet rose up as a, as yep. a community, um, as a force. Uh, yeah. Um, to fight back against. Um, but I, because, you know, gambling has become a thing that you can invest in. Yeah. Um, uh, cannabis is a thing you can invest in. The the fact that sex yeah. is still not something that um, Sand Hill Road will invest in. I I I, I don't know. <laughs> that seems uh, really anachronistic to me.
1: I, I totally with you and, and i'm just i am very curious to see how this actually changes and evolves and there was a bunch of you know conversation also about crypto in the space it's like if this is your moment like come forward now and then it turned out that there's still a lot of you know normal banking services that crypto companies actually use in order to convert crypto into fiat and so then it's you know sort of stopped again it's really really hard to turn crypto into dollar bills like directly like you have to go through a processor and those processors are the ones that hold you know essentially a lot more power than I think many of us think about.
0: Was there, um, was there something else that we missed in the last two weeks that you were like, um, gnawing and, uh, biting your tongue <laughs> to talk about?
1: <laughs> um, man, I mean, th- th- there's always so much, um, in this case, no, you know, I think, I think th- we, we, we covered that story. There's a lot of things that are just like happening. And so I think maybe, uh, you know, next week we'll be able to, uh, I don't know, expand into some of those topics. But today we actually have uh, several special guests. And so I'm going to go ahead and pivot to that. Um, we've, I, I believe they're finally up here. Um, and this is, I, th- I feel like, a, a conversation that's been kind of, um, I don't know, certainly I've been aware of. I've been a, a benefactor and a user of these services for, for quite some time. Um, otter.ai just today announced the availability of, and actually it's present here. Of course, people who are listening to this later won't know it, but there is an Otter AI bot that is listening to this conversation is live transcribing it. Um, and what this service and platform does, it essentially just takes audio and, you know, as it's coming in is able to identify the speakers. It's able to quickly translate, you know, what's going on with that. And I started using Otter. Oh my God. Like, I don't know when, um, either Simon or Sam who are here in the call um, can remind me, but way, way early in their uh, I guess, generation story. Um, I actually met Sam when I think I was, I don't, I don't know if I was in, uh, I, was, I don't know, it was someplace around the world or something. And I was like, oh my God, I love this service. Um, and this was when I started using Superpeer to offer consulting services. And what I would do is I would take the audio recordings from my super peer calls and i would send it off to otter i'd get the transcription and that way the people that i would consult you know would have kind of this written record and it was way better than anything else that was out there and i just feel like it's gotten way better since then so in the last year and a half otter has continued to grow It's continued to offer more and more of its services it's expanded into the enterprise it's raised a bunch of money um so anyways we've we've got sam here and we've got simon here and would love to hear from them about the launch um about what this means for their business, where their business is at. Um and I'll, you know, I have a tendency to ask a million questions. So I'm gonna start there and um hopefully we can hear from them and get some insights.
0: Welcome, cool. Otter folks. <laughs>
2: um, hi, uh this is Sam uh from Otter. You're welcome. Thank you, Chris, thank you, Brian, for inviting us uh to join this uh talk. Uh it's a great honor to be here. Um and uh, thank you, uh, Chris uh, and Brian, uh, for adopting Otter early and uh, giving us a lot of. Uh, um, I
1: give you guys a lot of feedback. Uh, yeah, g- you guys good
2: ideas, yeah. feedback, <laughs> and help us improve Otter over the years. Um, really appreciate that and help us evangelize uh, Otter as a new productivity tool.
1: Wait, wait, tell me, tell, tell us when you actually you know started. And if I recall correctly, one of the things I think—and this is going to be embarrassing if I'm wrong about this—but that you worked at Google and you were the guy that put the red dot on Google Maps. Is that right?
2: Um, uh, it's a blue dot. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> the, uh, I wouldn't say I'm the guy. I'm I'm one of the uh, founding okay. team members of the uh, location platform. So okay. that was a year. Uh, Actually, uh, 2006, um, I joined Google, and I started the Google Location uh, Platform Project, uh, which built the backend system that uh, provides location service. Uh, Actually, in 2007, uh, Steve Jobs launched the first iPhone, Mm -hmm. and uh, uh, Google Map was uh, one of the uh, apps he demonstrated live. And he pressed a button, um, uh, order sh- uh, not <laughs> Google Maps showed a blue dot, uh, indicating. So the uh, slip, the, is there something
1: coming the in I 15?
2: Yeah, I- I exact location, uh, 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 at the Moscone Center in San Francisco. So, um, uh, uh, but yeah, later, you know, um, I left Google, built some startup, mobile startup first, but then, um, in 2016, you know, we we're looking for um, some uh, even more audacious ideas. Um, then, uh, with my co-founder Yun Fu, you know, we figure that um, actually voice is a really interesting, right? It's the it's the uh, the critical way for people to communicate. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, with all the meetings, uh, you know, um, phone calls. Um, uh, we actually found that it's it's really hard to uh, capture the information, search the information, and share the information. So uh, um, you know that motivated us to start Otter.
1: But now, now, did that come out of your experience at Google? I mean, you know, I I worked at Google and we had a million meetings, and you know, a lot of them were over. I don't know what it was called. Hangouts was it back then, or Meet, or you know, whatever it was. Anyways, whatever it was called. You know, there was a lot, obviously, that, that happened from those those meetings. There was a lot of, I, I guess, frantic note taking. You know, Google Docs actually, in some ways, came out of that experience. There was Google Wave, obviously, that also, you know, kind of rose and fell with uh, the meeting culture at Google. Now it feels like everyone kind of has the Google meeting culture to some extent. And so, was that the origin story of Otter, or was there something else in voice that kind of brought you to that?
2: Uh, that's an important part of it. You know, I. You know, I, I definitely had tons of meetings in Google. Uh, and then after I left to Google, um, you know, build a startup first. I talked to a lot of VCs, customers, um, recruit engineers, and have our own internal meetings. Um, it just uh, tons of information to keep track. You know, it's, uh, we're living in an era of information overload. Now, how do I remember all this uh, information? How do I, you know, I, when I meet an uh, investor, how do I share that information with our team member? Um, and, uh, you know, I, I was using uh, Google Doc, and actually for a long time I was still using a paper notebook, mm-hmm. um, right? Uh, it's... Um, uh, the problem with a paper notebook is that, uh, you know, after you write down so many things, when you need it, uh, you either don't have your notebook with you, or even if you have your notebook, you don't know which page the note is on.
1: <laughs> well, you also run um, out of pages eventually. So. Y-
2: you also, yeah, you actually <laughs> run out of pages. So we figure that there must be a, you know, a better way to do this. Um, on the other hand, you know, I'm I, I I'm an engineer. I studied computer science uh, in college, and then I did my PhD at Stanford. Uh, I'm fascinated with data.
1: Um, what did you study I for your
2: PhD? Uh, computer distributed systems. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, so, how to build a large uh, distributed system to handle, you know. Um, uh, uh tons of data yeah, uh, t- tons of data yeah then so from the engineering point of view you know i look at uh, the uh products in the world you know you know i i was working on uh Google Maps, so I handled uh, tons of location data yeah um but then um you know um i look at uh uh uh, the, uh, the system we built uh, as uh, actually that 's uh, our first startup, you know, we actually built a lot of uh, uh, location tracking system and motion tracking system, uh, watching a lot of uh, sensors on mobile devices and I realized that there's one sensor we were now using uh, that 's actually the microphone mm-hmm. that sends audio data. so then I asked the question, hey, what if we um, build a product that can listen, uh, all the time, what will happen? Then I realized that that will be interesting. You know, what if, you know, I have, uh, this app, um, listen, uh, listening to everything. And then, you know, I can, um, search for everything I heard, you know, I, you know, related to meeting, right. It's, uh, you know, we have so many meetings every day, but, um, although we can use Gmail to search for an email uh, sent 10 years ago, I can now search for anything I heard mm-hmm. this morning. So then I said, okay, what if we build a product that I, I can search for everything I heard? Uh, they can really help me. Um, then later we realized that, okay, maybe, you know, people have so many meetings every day. Then that will be a... Uh, 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 good product for a lot of busy professionals.
1: So, but was that, was that the use case to start with? Cause you know, one of the questions that I have is about the timing of this and, you know, uh, one of the things that, that feels like was happening in 2016 when I was writing about conversational commerce was this shift in artificial intelligence and machine learning that really allowed, you know, you to use these distributed systems to be able to understand you know, data that previously was just too computationally expensive to understand. And now we have a lot more on-device processing and we've got neural chips and all this other stuff. So how important was the timing, you know, of your insight and the availability of this data? Because, I mean, you know, Google's ambition was, you know, theoretically to organize all the world's information and to make it useful. And audio content never seemed to be, I mean, only recently did Google add podcasts, but they had video, they had text, and that was kind of it. So clearly there was this kind of wide open lane for you to jump into with Otter. But what was it about the timing of that that made it seem like it was right to actually go down that
2: path? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, Timing uh, is uh, super critical here. You know, obviously uh, speech recognition is not a new topic. Uh, People have been working on that for like at least 30 years. Um, I mean, we had Star Wars
1: and they were talking to C-3PO, you know, like, I mean, like the idea is not new.
2: The idea is not new, but the problem uh, had been super hard, right? There are a com- uh, a prior uh, other companies like Nuance, right. um, you know Google Voice, um, the uh, Amazon, uh, uh, Apple, Siri. Um, however, if you look at those systems, um, you know when we started in 2016, when we talked to uh, venture capitalists. You know, they said, hey, why are you doing this? Isn't uh, Nuance uh, already doing it? Isn't uh, Alexa and uh, Siri uh, handling that? Um, So we actually tested their system when we started the company. And we found that if we use their uh, API for our meetings, the accuracy uh, is very bad. Um, it's, um, It's really not usable. Hmm. So, uh, the problem is that their model is actually built for simple questions or simple commands like, what's the weather tomorrow? Hey, Siri, you know, set alarm at 3 p.m. It's, it's, it's a one uh, single speaker, short question. Um, if you use that model for a um, multi-speaker conversation, it actually breaks down. It doesn't, it doesn't right. work. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, so that's, you know showed us that it's actually a great opportunity Because um, their system doesn't work So it <laughs> gives us a chance to build something better But of course, uh, the timing matters If we started this 10 years ago Or even you know, uh, five years earlier We wouldn't be able to accomplish What we are uh, doing right now because um, um, there there, there are two parts. One is the the, uh, deep learning technology, and secondly is the uh, price of computing resources, uh, both the CPU and the storage and bandwidth. So now, the deep learning technology is more advanced. Um, We're also, of course, we have to stand on the shoulder of, uh, of giants, and and we build our uh, own deep learning models trained our system with millions of hours of audio data which by the way which
1: giants are you standing on right now
2: well there's a lot of research right there's (laughs) a it's it's a lot of papers you know we 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 can uh, learn from but we we do have to invent a lot of things ourselves because in a voice and speech, it's it's so complicated. It's, it, English is hard. It's uh, the variation. Is do you so... do you support
1: other languages also, or is that just English for now?
2: Um, right now, in our product, we only support English. Okay. Um, but we do have uh, internal research mm. uh, going on to support. Uh, uh, other languages in the future
1: maybe you like as you're describing this i'm realizing that i actually have a pretty like enormous blind spot in terms of what the organizational nature of otter is of course i experienced it through the front end that you know simon i think is responsible for at least i send him a lot of feedback about the front end and it sort of you know comes to me as a i don't know as a product that works, but there's so much. And I think this is the thing that I really want people to understand out of this conversation and specifically based on your background is how an organization like Otter does what it does and provides the service that it does, which becomes so, I mean like Google maps, right? Like if we just take that, that metaphor, the fact that maps, digital maps works as well as they do as seamlessly as they do as intuitively as they do, where you can pinch and zoom and the data just kind of like flows in And it, it's, 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 I don't know, it's sort of self-evident in a similar way, the way in which, you know, Otter is always getting better, but it still is quite good now when it does the transcription, when it understands what I'm saying, when I upload a new piece of audio and it recognizes my voice and it identifies me in a transcript and says, this is Chris Messina saying this, what are the things that your team kind of focuses on? how is otter uh, i guess uh, conceived as a as a business and as a as an organization um, what are the different groups and what are they working on
2: yeah in terms of a team organization we have product team we have a design team we have uh ai um a technology team and engineering team so uh well this is i guess this is the advantage of a small startup um we're we're actually super small we're still under 50 people now hmm. uh uh for many years you know we built most of the stuff with less than 20 people wow. so the teams are um are small agile and uh very close uh Tight inter, uh, uh, interaction and uh, collaboration between ourselves. Of course, you know this is you know, we build a technology, but you know we need to build a, a user uh, experience, a user interface that's uh, intuitive, that's uh, uh, simple for uh, non-technical people, right? So most people, when they use it, you know, nobody is thinking about uh, the convolutional neural network with deep <laughs> right. learning, right? They don't care. They, all they need to, uh, all they care about is uh, do we solve their problem? So um, the, well, uh, another interesting point is that uh, we actually eat our own dog food. Hmm. We use otter. Every single day, for every single meeting we have ourselves, so we experience um, right, the pain. The, as well as the, the pain ourselves. Yeah. The end of the pleasure, of course. Yeah. So when we build, when we started the company, you know, we wanted to build a product that we need ourselves. And when we solve our own pain, we can. We're pretty sure that in you know, the millions of other people had uh, similar pains.
0: Meme, and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash tech ZocDoc slash tech meme.
3: Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret?
1: Uh, speaking, so uh, hopefully of the of the pleasure actually, I did pin a tweet that links to the live transcription that is happening now on Otter. I believe Simon set this up, and so if you guys want to go check it out, this is the real the real deal. Um,
0: so, and and by the way, yeah. as 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 someone that has been doing audio for however many years now, um, it, it's the best that I've seen, hands down. Um, you know, I've been looking for transcription forever, but transcription has never worked in terms of there being. Multiple speakers or a siren going on in the background. If you can hear that, um, and so the, yeah, Otter almost has felt like a miracle to me since you know I was turned on to it. So um, sorry, please go ahead.
2: Thank you. <laughs> it's uh, it, it's absolutely um, a very hard problem. You know, with my accent, for, exa- uh, for example, you know, mm-hmm. we have to train the model uh, really hard to be able to handle all kinds of you know different accents. um you know even in the u.s right there there are uh, people from new york from texas um, from new
1: orleans or uh, from uh, georgia uh,
2: yeah, right <laughs> um and and, and not, keep uh, going chris that. chris, chris, <laughs> chris do more myself. do more accents <laughs> sorry go on so so okay <laughs> Wait, we can hire you to to uh test our system and see no. how many different accents can we support um, right. Uh, it, it, uh, people from Asia in you know, the Silicon Valley, it's, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, uh, full of, um, immigrants. Yeah. Um, so, uh, there, we have to support different, uh, accents.
1: Um, is, that what, is that what happens by the way? Like, is there a model for each person or is it based on accent or I, I know I'm asking very dumb and naive questions, but you know, like it just feels like within English itself, there's so much variation. And the fact that you guys have such a accurate, like transcription service. And, and I want to get into like where that leads next. And also, you know, of course what the news was today, but getting to that level of fidelity, again, as Brian said, compared to a lot of other you know players out in the space, you guys have done something special and different. And I'm guess I'm just trying to get at what differentiates your approach from others.
2: Well, um that's that's the uh, sort of the secret sauce <laughs> of, the, <Okay. laughs> of our AI team right it's on on a high level you know it's you know we, we build a large-scale system that are constantly learning uh from uh the internet mm-hmm. um you know there there are tons the of audio large, data. like
1: like reddit or like audio data like podcasts it, and it, things like that it,
2: uh, it's a combination of everything, okay. uh, you know, podcasts, their, uh, the TV shows, mm. their audio books, um, their, you know, White House, uh, <laughs> press, uh, <laughs> conferences. Hmm. Uh, yeah, literally, you know, early last year, you know, when WHO and White House, uh, were doing their daily, uh, oh, the briefings. press oh. briefings, we actually transcribed uh, lots of those, mm. uh, uh um, uh, uh, cause and um, and uh, our system learned new words like COVID, right? right. Uh, you know, th- this this is new word that didn't exist in 2019, right? Um, so you know, we we or build hydro- a system ch- that dyna- something, right? Yeah, dynamically learn all those words. Wow. um learn new company names, right? Silicon Valley. You know, every day there are new startups are being uh, created.
1: And how much of that is um, manual training versus the system sort of, like, realizing that these words are being used in a way that's unfamiliar, and so therefore it sort of, like, pegs it as, you know, a new noun or something?
2: Yeah, it's a combination of those. Okay. Um, you know, we also, you know, Otter also has a feature called custom vocabulary uh, that uh, allows the users to enter uh, their own words into Otter uh, so that Otter can recognize them.
1: And is um, that, are those vocabularies private?
2: Oh, those those are private okay uh, of okay. course like for, for, for example, the team, like, for the you, mm-hmm, for ahead. the team product is shared across the ah. team you know in a, so suppose you have a team that oh, uh, if you're like uh, in the medical t- profession
1: t- or even like in the t- tech world for example if i'm talking about activity pub or something absolutely, that, you know absolutely. is a special yeah. proper noun and within my yeah. team we all use the same you know word or we have a special internal code words or you know product names you know or something i could see that being very useful to have that shared vocabulary that is not generally shared
2: Absolutely. You know, your uh, acronyms, uh, terminology, uh, people's names, um, you know, uh, people's names actually are are difficult to recognize, especially, you know, for non, um, you know, uh, native English speakers, you know, uh, Mm. the people coming from foreign countries, you know, their their names may not be uh, 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 available in a standard English dictionary.
1: Got it, right. OK, so, so I think we've, we've sort of set the stage in terms of what makes Otter different, why it's an interesting technology, what you guys have been working on. Talk to us about you know, this moment you know, that, that you know, today you've got this announcement. Tell us what that announcement is, and also why it's so well, at least in my perspective, like you know, timed for the world that we're finding ourselves living in.
2: Yeah, today we announced Otter Assistant for Microsoft Teams, Google Meet, and Cisco WebEx. Um, early, uh, a few months ago, we, uh, we released Auto Assistant for Zoom, so now Auto Assistant can work with all the major uh, video conferencing systems. This is very strategic uh, in the sense that um, you know, we support all major uh, video conferencing systems, and it's a uh, platform-agnostic product. Um, users you know, may use uh, one uh, Microsoft team for, one, uh, for some customers, and use a Google Meet for some other uh, people they meet. So uh, they can use uh, order for all those meetings and have other meeting notes available in one central place. They can share with their colleagues, they can you know, search for things uh, uh, no matter what uh, platform they use. Uh, to have that meeting, so um, it's uh, um, uh, it uh, it can be uh, really interesting for a lot of enterprises, large or small. Yep. We've seen uh, people uh, use it in um, many different ways. There are salespeople who use it, uh, customer support people, recruiters, um, designers when they do their uh, you know user interview. Mm-hmm. A lot of them use Otter. Um, internal uh, product uh, managers I use it for project uh, management meetings. Um, so it's a pretty broad um, you know the, the goal is to uh, provide Otter as a um, daily tool people can easily use to improve their collaboration uh, and communication. I mean, it seems like, so, so
1: one of the things that I think is is so relevant about this, you know, one is the timeliness of it? Now, those of us who kind of, you know, live in the future or, or the cusp of, I think are used to doing, you know, video calls, audio calls, obviously over the last year with the pandemic, now many, many, many millions of more people are getting into that space. But the idea, I think for a lot of people that you could have an automatic transcription that's powered by AI that is available for all of your calls is probably still a very novel concept for the vast majority of people. So, what I'm, uh, you know, curious about, given that you know we live a little bit on the future edge of this, is uh, one. I, I want to acknowledge, you know, today's announcement and launch, and that's a big deal. By being uh, non-platform centric, I do think that I had a thought about how Otter and Zoom seem to be very closely coupled, and I was like, hmm, that's interesting. Like, I wonder, you know, what about all these other platforms? But the fact that you can obviously run this over any, you know, video or audio stream is significant. I guess my question starts to think about well, where does this go next? And I don't, you know, I don't want you to like share anything, obviously that you, you don't feel comfortable with. But just as with maps, enabled an entirely new set of business use cases um, for discovery, for exploration, for I mean, uh, open source data mining, etc. What are the 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 next types of applications of voice that you see, um, you know, coming? And and voice transcription in particular, because everything you just described is just getting the raw material of insights. The next step would be to, as you said, like whether it's um, you know, in interviews or it's with product managers, being able to provide a layer of intelligence on top of that that makes sense of the conversations that people are having.
2: That's a big topic. Um, <laughs> you know, for, first of all, uh, order, as you mentioned, is a new concept. You know, we're creating a yeah. new product category here. Yeah, um, we so far have transcribed more than hundred fifty million meetings. Wow! However, in the world, I don't know. It's probably like a billions of meetings are I mean, happening every day. It's kind of sad to every, think about how much every of one's
1: adult life is spent just, in meetings. But yes. yeah, yeah. right.
2: You know, we we've done in the survey and also a lot of our uh, studies show that you know people spend uh, you know tons of their time in meetings, like. Uh, in large un- enterprises managers probably yeah. spend like 30 at least thirty or forty percent of their time in meetings. Um, and I just th- th- think about the cost of that time spent and but you know oftentimes people miscommunicate, they don't remember what happened in meetings, then they have to schedule another meeting to resolve uh, what they discussed last time. So, you know, having two like Otter, I feel like
1: you'd have uh, a TV show about that or something, maybe you know
2: well, no, you know, but but Chris, like that that to
0: me is the most powerful thing about this is okay. that what we're describing is, you know, half of like the work environment is is in these meetings, but they're not quantifiable. They're not searchable. Think about the fact that all of this time spent in meetings is now something that you can go back to and search for data points, search for, uh, you know, like as opposed to just being this sort of thing that unless someone took copious notes about it, as he's saying, like someone remembers it this way. Some Like what if the things where we're kicking back and forth ideas is actually something that you can put into spreadsheets and you can search for and you can put into categories and things like that. Like that's actually amazingly powerful just for, for that very specific business use case.
1: A hundred percent. Right. I mean, that's that in some ways that's what Slack offers in terms of what was happening in email conversations. Now right. you bring that together into, you know, conversations that are searchable where you can go back and be like, Oh, what was that file that was sent a week ago or something? And as opposed to trying to find it, you know, in this asynchronous format of content, now you're actually getting it from a synchronous format and it, contains a lot more context because of the way in which people, I think, are communicating in real time and shaping that meaning at the point of of expression, right? Like that's the whole aspect of of communication. And so I, anyways, I totally agree with you. And, and, and and that's why I guess I'm thinking forward once organizations have this trove of data, uh, aside from, you know, programming all of their automated bots and and whatever. And I suppose this is where Brett should come up and and tell us about some of the, the voice bot stuff that he's been, you know, researching for years. But Having all of that data and information, and, and you know, I don't know where maybe maybe you know Otter has plans for an API or something like that. Um, organizations could make use of this information and this data in a way that currently just isn't even possible. It hasn't been done.
2: Uh, yeah, there's a lot, lot of potential things that can happen. Um, the uh, The integration of Otter with uh, people's uh, um, uh the uh the daily workflow yep. you know people use all kind of tools and a calendar of course and people use cal- calendar to schedule meetings the author already has a good integration with google calendar and My- microsoft outlook so that um once you turn it on you know order can just automatic automatically join your meeting uh i was gonna ask about that the, like what about so them,
1: from a yeah. cultural perspective You know, one of the things that I've noticed is that Calendly links are becoming a little bit more commonplace. You know, they're not as offensive, you know, when someone sends it to you and you're like, oh, I need to like go find a time on your calendar. What the heck? Like that's becoming more normal and acceptable. How normal do you think it will be? I mean, essentially for people in the future to walk around, I mean, walk around in a virtual metaverse sort of sense, you know, Mm -hmm. with their bots on their shoulders when they walk into meetings, right? Like I'll have my Otter bot or I'll have like my macro tool or whatever it is. Yeah, you know, yeah is that something that you find resistance to or are people becoming more accepting of a bunch of different bots joining meetings that are your note takers?
2: I think, um, it, it's still a new concept today. So, uh, some people may find it, um, a uh, little weird to have a bot <laughs> joining sure. their meeting so uh, some people are nervous like pets, about it and right? uh, am i am i being recorded am i you know well being, is it uh, is it uh, like
0: co- that that law that you can't record phone oh, calls
2: yeah. unless everyone's in, uh, uh, aware of it or, uh, yeah. yeah yeah it's a uh, uh, two-party consent and you want to make sure everybody uh, uh, agrees um but uh our view is that um you know, people will become comfortable <laughs> and people in, in a few years, it will feel weird if there is no bot helping yeah. them because then it's too much responsibility for them to remember yeah. uh, what happened. You know, w- why isn't there a secretary or, you know, a uh, other assistant helping them? So I think in a few years, people will take it for granted that all their meetings will be in a tool-like order. Um, and, of course, you know, you, earlier you asked, you know, in addition to the transcript, what else? You know, there will be, you know, conversation intelligence. There will be summarization, you know, recognize um, insights, rec- recognize uh, action items. Uh, integrate it with your task management software. You know, if you say, "Hey, I will uh, deliver that by Monday," okay, and we'll create a reminder for you. Put that into your, you know, Asana or other uh, task management tools, or put it onto your um, Google Calendar, right? Um, and re- send you a reminder at uh, the the right time.
1: So, how do you? I mean, uh, like, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Like I just, I feel like this needs to happen. Where the current process, I mean, even as you, you know, alluded to in the beginning, where you started out with a paper notebook and you're writing down the notes that you have and you're writing down the tasks, and then you know, but there's like a, a translation process that seems unnecessary in this world where you have a a bot, you know, working on your behalf and tracking these things. So as you and I are having a conversation, if I, you know. Uh, state that i will do something or create a task you know my otter bot should basically like take care of that for me so i guess how do you see how are you defensive of your position in other words it seems kind of obvious that a zoom or a google meet or uh, you know microsoft teams or whatever other you know audio and video platforms exist also see that opportunity so Speak to me a little bit about how you see yourself defending against those types of encroachments on your core business.
2: Yeah, that's a good question. You know, uh, we we were asked that question all the time by our investors. know right. why? Um, sure you know, why, why, answer, you know because that. you know they they you know hey, well, why should I invest in order? Um, you know, today's announcement is actually a really a uh, 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 strategic move. Mm. Uh, it um, further established order as a uh, cross-platform product. Yeah. And uh, you ask, um, hey, what if uh, uh, Zoom, Google, Mint mean, uh, uh, does the same thing, but they all s- only support their own platform. Yeah. They, you know, they don't want to support other platforms because they're competitors. Yeah, right. Right? right. But a user can use any tool. Yeah. Um, and another aspect, actually, you know, we're... Uh, yeah. <clears throat> We're having a hybrid uh, working mode now. Uh, some people return to office. Um, right. So some meetings are, happen- uh, are uh, in person now. Yeah. And some meetings are r- remote on Zoom or uh, Microsoft Teams. So how do you support both seamlessly? Mm. Right? Um, this is where Otter is um, uh, uh, having some advantage. Because Otter actually has a, a good Otter, uh, a, a good uh, mobile app on both iPhone and Android. Uh, right now, actually, Otter is being featured on uh, Apple App Store in the productivity category. Wow, congratulations! Right now, yeah, it's a uh, it's a uh, it's a. Uh, um, I think they call it. Uh, uh, f- one of their favorite apps um, mm. uh, on uh, apple app store well that's gotta help that's, so that's so no matter how you're you know uh conduct your meeting either in person or on zoom or on teams or meet or webex Otter can support you so that's a important strategy yeah i mean just to uh, just to
1: build have. on that point um and then i think we'll we'll, we'll wrap on the segment but um I've, I've I've now started to to get into some of these hybrid meetings, you know, where there's a set of people who are in an office someplace, you know, and we, you know, on on the Republic team, we're actually just dis, uh, distributed, um, and so there's a bunch of folks in New York and Miami and other places, and when there are, you know, groups of people, you know, three or four people who are live in person, face to face, and then there's like four of us, you know, on Zoom, inevitably the people on Zoom, and I know this is a very, you know, cultural thing, um, get kind of ignored to some degree, and I can imagine what a game changer otter and live transcription would be for those moments because not only can you hear what's going on in the office where people are face to face and having that you know human experience but now there's a way to sort of refer back to and say oh when so and so and you know the person who said it even though you weren't in the room because of the speaker identification you know when so and so said this you know that means that we need to work on this or this this is like the next set of tasks or whatever so i don't know i just i find that this is like so timely in that respect um and Anyways, I'm yeah. really like, glad you have that. And you are yeah. cross-platform.
2: Uh, absolutely. You mentioned uh, speaker identification. Yep. And that's actually a um, very sophisticated piece of technology. We are able to identify speakers accurately. And uh, if you look at outer nodes, outer uh, uh, actually shows you the, uh, the speaking time
1: right. for oh, each right speaker. Right, the percentage.
2: Uh, right now is afterwards. Actually, we could oh. make it in real time as see. well. So, I mean, that would be interesting. Uh, I know can, that like, I've been dominating
1: this conversation. So, you know,
2: <laughs> <laughs> it can help people, yeah, um, you know, uh, just to give you a little reminder okay, maybe you spend too much time <laughs> exactly. talking, g- g- give other people some chance uh, to speak up. And also, it can track, you know, actually, you know, uh, how much time you spend on each topic, um, right. you know, who asked the question, who answered the questions. You know, there's tons of insights can be extracted out of uh, meetings that can help people actually improve their meeting.
1: Last question Uh, in terms of like where you see this going. Do you see Otter possibly becoming more of like a facilitator of good meeting etiquette? Because like what you just said, I think is so cool. If Otter is able to tell what you're talking about and then say, okay, you allotted 15 minutes for this. You know, you're at 20 minutes and Otter's like, it's time. It's time to move on. Like we got other things to talk about. Because that would be so useful. That would be worth its weight in gold or Bitcoin, whatever.
2: I, I think longer term, yeah, Otter can um, uh, become a facilitator. It, um, it's, it you know Right now, it's mostly passive, but yeah. in a few years, it can become active.
1: Um, okay, well, I will leave and- it at that. And, and, and I won't hold you to it, but hopefully in the next, the next time we have you guys on here, that's what you'll be announcing that's something along those lines. <laughs> um, I want to thank you guys for coming. Um, we're going to switch over to uh, a slightly different topic now, which is the uh, yeah, but, but, oh, before oh, you do that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I,
0: yeah mm-hmm. I just wanted to say, um, Sam, Me. everybody from Otter, thank you. Thank you for coming on because, um, Chris and I want to do more of this. We want to encourage yes. folks that have news Yes. To come break the news with us. And, and we thought this was a perfect one because we've, you know, we know the Otter folks. And also, uh, if you're a listener to the show, you know, I've been experimenting with all of these various transcription and audio products. So um, we thought this was a, a, a great sort of news story to break. So, uh, uh, others out there listening, get in touch. And, and if it fits for what we've been talking about, we'd like to do something like this uh, with, with your product if you've got news.
1: Yes, totally. And, and, and thank you for that reminder, because, you know, the auto team reached out and they wanted to come talk to all the folks who are here. They wanted to talk to us. And so that was, you know, an honor on our end. Um, and so we're really glad to make this, uh, this happen.
2: Yeah, th- th- thank you, Chris, Brian. Of course, uh, Simon is here. Simon uh, has been doing a fantastic job uh, leading the product team. And, totally. uh, um you know, taking input from our users and, uh, Simon,
0: Simon, uh, we do know that you're there and as always, you're always there. (laughs) (laughs) He's such a
1: lurker. It's so great.
0: Uh, but we, we love you, Simon. So, um, thanks for putting this together too. Yes. Yes. Okay.
1: Are you ready now, Brian?
0: Yes. All right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You shake it out.
0: Promo code RIDE. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Experience the perfect blend of style and comfort with Cuts Clothing. Cutsclothing.com. Promo code RIDE for 20% off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Let's 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 tee it up.
1: Okay, and and by the way, Sam, Simon, if you guys want to hang out, you're, by all means, you're welcome to stick around. Um, but we wanted to, or at least, you know... This is going to be a little bit of a different part of the I don't know the show the conversation. Um, you know, it's not every now and then that you hit a thousand uh, like milestone, a thousand of whatevers. And in this case, this you know we're we're recording Brian's South I can't even say the word. It's so it's so big and impressive, thousandth episode of <laughs> the Tech Meme Ride Home Experience. Now you know, I was, I was just kind of like trying to wrap my mind around this, you know, cause you, you sort of like mentioned this a couple of weeks ago and I was like, wow, that's like a really big deal. Um, you know, and, and for several reasons, you know, one, um, most podcasts, as far as I understand, you know, end up maybe making it to the, the first or second or maybe fifth episode. And then it peters out, you know, no one's listening, you know, you just kind of get, you know, bored or you get distracted by the things and it just doesn't go anywhere. So to do this a thousand times, is, you know, demonstrates a little bit of insanity, but also a commitment, you know, to the stories, to the narratives, to the arcs. And so, you know, I guess I want to, I, I went back and I actually, I did listen to uh, the very first Techno uh, Home
0: experience. Uh, I've never preview- done that and I won't do that. No. <laughs> the
1: the preview music was like, oh, that's, that's an interesting choice. Uh, but more or less the format has stayed the same and i would say you know you've only kind of improved over that time like a fine wine uh, essentially so anyways can i but, well, yeah, uh, okay yeah, well, yeah go ahead go ahead let me let me let me ask my question and then you can say whatever you want to say sure. which is I I guess I, I want to understand, you know, the origin story, you know, where this came from. Um mm. because like you, I've been, you know, a long time reader of Techmeme. Um as we mm-hmm. as we learned uh, in a in a previous episode, um Gabe actually launched or at least, you know, was present at the first bar camp. And so, you know, he and I go way back 15 16 years. Um and so Techmeme is a staple. It's an institution. As far as i'm concerned of silicon valley and the changes that have happened i mean that archive is gold it's platinum it's you know it's the original nfts and so the fact that you know you decided um i don't know when or how you decided to take that format and turn it into a daily news show just you know, considering where you'd been, I don't know. Like, I, there's so much I want to go into in that, but uh, that's what I'll, I want to I'll start.
0: try to I'll try to do that origin story as fast as I can. Um, sure. But I do I I remember when tech meme reading about tech meme it it, it surfaced on TechCrunch. Yeah, and um, well, they were buddies. Well, right, uh, Gabe. I, I think and, I can share I, I think and, I think he um, was living with Mike yes, at the time. They
1: were they were they were
0: roommates. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so. Um, from the day that it launched, it was the you know the first bookmark in my browser. Yeah. I also remember the day that I joined Twitter <laughs> <laughs> um but I remember that so clearly, so for sure um, tech meme from the day it launched was basically my uh, heartbeat uh, check, checking the pulse of what was happening in tech um, really super fast um, I, I founded companies before my first company was in 1999. So I've been in tech circles for over 20 years. Um, uh, It lines up with my kids, my daughter's seven, Um, six months before she was born. uh, The plan was that I was going to be the stay at home dad. And I said, well, I need a project to keep myself um, occupied if I was going to do that. And I decided I was going to write a history of the internet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And uh, I did. The book exists. It's called How the Internet Happened, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But to do the research for it, I just started reaching out to people to do interviews, and I recorded them, right? And about um, five interviews into it, I was like, well, these interviews... If uh, it make it if it gets in the book, it'll be like one sentence of this hour and a half long interview mm-hmm. I did with, you know, one of the first engineers on the Internet Explorer team or something like that, right? And I was like, so why have that be nowhere? Um, so I put them up as podcasts. I'd been a podcast fan since 2005 or six. Do you remember Ricky Gervais had a, a podcast? Yes. Really early on. Yes. That's how Carl Pilkington became famous and things like that. Um, so I don't know. I, it's, it's one of those things where I didn't think too much about it. Um, I was just like, well, I'll just put these interviews up unedited, and, um, uh, the, the iTunes team featured it the first day I launched it. We had a thousand listeners, uh, within 24 hours. You're a thousand true fans um, from the start. Exactly. Uh, which, you know, those, those are the sort of luck things that, um, you know, you can't always plan for it you and things like that
1: people at the on the itunes podcast team
0: no oh god no, no. You just no
1: organically no. they just found you
0: i submitted it to itunes and the next day it wow. was featured
1: just like that yeah. yeah
0: uh so look this is this is what i'm saying anyway <laughs> internet history podcast uh i did about 200 interviews for that um uh it, it 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 was well respected to this day it still is i mean i think it gets as much as 50,000 downloads a month, wow. um, even though I haven't you, done by one. The way, for, like, uh, like,
1: did you, I mean, yes, you were in the tech world, I suppose. But like, what was it that got you the, to have these interviews? Like, why do people say yes to you?
0: I mean, two things, which is number one, if you're in an industry long enough, you do know people. So okay. but yes, I was able to be like, Hey, you, weren't, you were in Silicon Valley. No, 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 that's true. But yeah. I mean, you know, Again, if, if, you, if you live long enough, the, the, <laughs> the, the dumb people you meet when you're 22 end up being important people when oh, you're 42,
1: I, you know what I, I mean? I know that story, yeah.
0: Yeah, so uh, there's that. But then also, and, and I this is maybe a, a life hack for, for people, Like some of the people that I reached out to early on, their stories hadn't been told. So when I reached out to them and I was like, I'll let you talk, for an hour in your own words, and right. I won't edit it. And so, um, you know, later on, as it snowballed, then I'm able to get people that were important where it's like, well, oh, you spoke to this person. Well, then I'll do it too, you know. But early on, the, the key hack was, is that, well, no one's ever asked me to tell my side of this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that's an interesting hack for, I don't know, <laughs> doing history or research or things like have that. Turned. Yeah, just, you know, um, if you can find a niche where no one's ever, you know, kind of dug up the dirt before, if you're the first one to do that, it's kind of not that hard. But also, I have no idea why the first people said yes to me. Um, Anyway, uh, Internet History Podcast, uh, well-respected enough that um, I, I had been approached by a media brand... When would this have been? Around the time Max was born, so 2016, so right, uh, maybe four years ago. Uh, we were in talks that I was going to do a weekly uh, tech news podcast where, again, you just get a, a bunch of people around the table, and let's talk about what happened this week in the world of tech. There's a million of those, hmm. um, and I would have done it. It didn't end up happening, but um I would have done it. But uh, as we were having the discussions, I was talking to Gabe Rivera, who Uh is the founder and owner of Tech Meme. I've been friends with him for over a decade. And how how did you connect with him? I I literally don't remember. (laughs) Um, but I mean, uh, my wife and I are friends with he and his wife, like we're 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 fairly close (laughs) to to the point where um, you know, it's 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 far beyond any sort of um, working relationship. But um to the point where I think it was his wife that suggested it because I said to Gabe, I was like, if I do this podcast. I'm just going to be, you know, reading Tech Meme every day and then just regurgitating the news of the day. And I think it was Ashley, I I think we've given her credit for that before, where she was like, well, you should just do a Tech Meme podcast. And um, Gabe and I were like, well, that's not a dumb idea. Um, And I think we both at the same time understood that, you know, what Tech Meme is good for is that you can check it any hour of the day and find out what you missed. And like, I say that at the beginning of every show, here's what you missed today in the world of tech. Like it would make no sense to do a tech meme podcast any other way other than a daily show. Right. 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 Um, and, and also a fast in and out sort of thing. Um, it's tech meme is a news aggregator. And so it's just news aggregation where, um, I'm, (laughs) I'm reading you the the stuff (laughs) that happened, you know? Um, so yeah, we just did it. Uh, um, uh We have a really simple deal where I just license the brand to be used as a as a podcast, and uh i I kick back um some revenue um to to techmeme and and that's it um, I, one of the things that you said from listening to that first episode yep. I, uh i I'm not trained in any of this in media in um perform in in broadcasting anything like that. The reason I can't listen to those first episodes is one of the things that I learned in that first month of doing it was that I had to perform it which sounds dumb but if you listen to those first episodes I think they sound bad because I think it sounds like I'm reading
1: I was going to say so and, so what is what is the difference actually and and, and mm, I think this is the right moment for you to you know share a little bit yeah. about this between yeah. like the writing right and you know let's yes. let's, let's get into cuz what just came to my mind is Maybe the way that you write the show is identical to the very first day, but Mm. the way, as you said, that you perform it, I think that is the difference. Like there, there is a way of both writing audio content or content meant for audio that doesn't come across as though it's being read. And then there's also the performance aspect where you can be reading it, but there is actually a performance. So how has your writing and your performance, you know, evolved or changed?
0: So, you know, if you want to talk about metrics, so if we're doing, if, if it's a thousand episodes, I know when I wake up every morning, I have to write at least 2,500 words hmm. to make 15 minutes of audio. And some days I go way over that. And, and some days I struggle to hit that. But so, you know, if, if we've done a thousand episodes, that means I've written two and a half million words <laughs> at least <laughs> Damn. for, for this show. Um, in, a, in about three years. Uh, it would be a very chaotic
1: book if you com, you know compile all that, but yes.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I have all the files. I save all this stuff. Who knows? Um, we should send it uh, to
1: Otter and have them do an analysis of
0: it. Well, also, someone should train my voice. Oh, I, 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 I offered done.
1: that. I, did we do that to, to, to script?
0: Right. We did it with the script, but I, I was like, you know, there's probably very few people, except for the audiobook people, that there is, there's more of my voice out there, right? you know, just as a, a thing. Um, okay. Uh, what
1: was the question again? Um, <laughs> Back to your, 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 basically the way that you, you compose the daily sh- the content. You were saying yeah. something about stats and about analytics and about yes, maybe yes, yes, the yeah. improvements over time.
0: So uh, what, what it is, is I do have access to... The um, TechMeme backend. Uh, TechMeme has, I think, about a dozen editors that work around the clock. The, uh, Gabe has a whole software system for surfacing stories, and you know, like the, the the first of all, the editors actually argue about what should be top of page, what's important, what we should cover, what we shouldn't I cover. Mean, this is a whole separate conversation. That,
1: we got to have a Gabe on this. A because, whole separate conversation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But but the reason that I say that is. Number one, I can wake up every morning and I can go in the Slack channel and I can see what they've been arguing about. I can see what is surfacing. And also the back end, it, it shows the you same. like I'm
1: sort of imagining like the minority report people that are in that bath, you know, kind of like in the ball comes down. No, 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 no.
0: It's it's because part of it is automated where what we call chatter, like stories will go to the top of the page if there's enough chatter about it. If there's I mean, enough that's all tweets, like and
1: algorithmic and like linking yes. cross. Okay. I see.
0: But then the editors can put their thumb on the scale and that sort of thing. Yeah, so that,
1: that's the thing that's interesting. Yeah.
0: I um I would be remiss if I didn't say that I am standing on their shoulders. Like I can wake up and be like, well, this is what we're gonna cover today. The the difference is is that because I am the way I am, I've <laughs> been obsessively reading about all of this stuff for 20 years. So that, you know, I'll wake up in the morning and I'll check Twitter and I'll see something and I'll be like, All right, there we go. That's my lead story, and I'll have a take on it. Like so, you know, on a good day, things will things will pop, and I'll be like, "Well, that's it." And I've got this is what this is how we're going to frame it. This is what we're going to do. And then the thing that I like to do about it is also, um, you know, uh, I don't. My job is not to give you what Brian thinks about the news. My job number one is to give you the news. Now, there are ways to editorialize that. Are not me saying what I think, but if there's different right. takes on it, that's what you know, it. reading the tweets. You amplify are, the where different it's like, perspectives. exactly. Yeah. So that's what I love the most is that it's not just reading the headlines and like, you know, a robot can do that. It's also here's the context, and then here's the conversation. I love nothing more than when there's something that's happened, and then I can be like, well, here's what someone says about this, and here's what someone says in opposition to this, and here are the different viewpoints like that's what i feel like is valuable um, how, much, how
1: much are you kind of I, I think this is like an interesting like question and point which is how much are you reflecting what you believe to be the interests of your audience and your listeners mm. how much are you reflecting your own biases and interests obviously as you said you kind of amplify different you know points of view mm-hmm. uh, and how much of that is based on maybe like intuition versus like survey surveying surveying or asking your audience you know how do you know which things to sort of pluck out of the tech meme you know bin to, mm. to, to put forward
0: i I don't know it's like pornography I know it when I see it <laughs> but um I, I would say that i've I try very hard to have Brian's take only be ten percent of it Got right it. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie and say that sometimes you know He's clearly
1: over twelve percent right already.
0: yeah right right but but that's not my job and 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 you know if you read Comments and things like that, like you know, I'll always be accused of. Well, you're even dumb things like you're you're an Apple fanboy or you're you hate Apple or I look that know.
1: like you've gotten both of that, so that means you're doing a good job. Well,
0: no, right, right yeah. for for everything that you can possibly imagine. Uh, so n- n- primarily, I just want to give you what happened, and then I want to give you what the conversation is in Silicon Valley, so that whether I agree with what people's takes are is not as important as I want. You to know the takes that might be driving what people are talking about and thinking about, right? Um, so I, I will 100% err on the side of giving the, uh, all sides of the conversation or the, the most prominent side of the conversation, even if I personally disagree with it, because that's the point. Like what's driving the narrative is what I'm trying to inform people about.
1: And how much of that is just like you know, sort of resident in the RAM of your brain versus like I don't know if you have notes or systems or some amazing like Rome you know or Notion kind of back mm-hmm, end or database mm-hmm. or is this all just spontaneous?
0: Well, that's why we need to do an episode where you talk about your workflow because <laughs> I d- I don't have tools and things like that. Um, I literally wake up in the morning and by eleven o'clock, Eastern I've written the show and I and I know and I know what to do so but but i'm not saying that i'm like a fucking savant or something like that it's just that i've been paying attention to this stuff for 20 years well but, but also um, when
1: you and i've had this conversation one of the things that your brain does is it needs to put things into a sequential order right and it right, explains right, right. them because i feel like there was i don't know what it was we were working on something and there was a little <sighs> more chaos to the order of the thing and you were like i don't i don't get this i don't understand it i was like of this and you're like I, this doesn't make sense and I think that linearity, you know, the fact that you did the internet history, you know, book just, it's cause and effect and cause and effect and cause and effect sort of ad infinitum riding at the bleeding edge of what is happening in the world of tech.
0: I will, I will cop to that in the sense that, um, I am a history nerd before any other nerd. Yeah. Ner- I have lots of nerddoms, but I'm a history <laughs> nerd first. Like I, I my wife is in the room and we can bring her up at the end if you want to ask yeah. her a third But her? Like I literally I go to bed every night uh, listening to history audiobooks just because when she asks me about it, I'm like, it just makes my brain feel good <laughs> to to hear, to put things in order. My my daughter my 7-year-old daughter is obsessed with Minecraft and what she will do if you give her the opportunity at the drop of the hat, she'll tell you, well, by the way, wolves weren't in Minecraft until version 3.2 blah blah blah. <laughs> and 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 when she does stuff like that and she'll give you like a 20-minute long thing, I'm like, "Girl, I know. <laughs> Your brain is my brain. Like it makes you feel good to understand that this became the, came before this and that and the other thing." Um so I I just think that accidentally um I have a job that fits my psychosis. Um, Same. Yeah, mostly. Yeah.
1: I mean, the fact that let me, I read and then tweet like release notes. I mean, clearly, you and I have something going on that's you know a similar dysfunction. But
0: let you know, me let me yeah. hit one thing that we mentioned at the beginning because I think I think this is important. Is um, uh, I, I I wasn't trained for this. I'm not a journalist. I'm not a broadcaster. But once, literally, two weeks into the show. I realized that what I had to do was perform it. And it felt dumb to me at the beginning. But if you listen to the show, I'd like to think that you think that I've done it all the way through without taking a break and, and uh, doing any edits or anything. Yes, um, it, It's because if, if you don't do it right, and I've had other people try to do it, and they can 't do it right, and you haven 't heard them because uh, there's other people that we 've tried to f- have fill in if it just sounds like it 's being read, then it 's dumb yeah and so i 'm not an actor i 'm not anything like that once i th- the biggest breakthrough I had was I had to perform it, I had to read it like i wasn 't reading it, and once I got that, then it also was more freeing in terms of um, it's, it's, it's just like, it sounds better to listen to, but also it's me like not just reading from a fucking script. What do you know that, what, what
1: I mean? Yeah, I, I know what you mean, but I want to I don't know. I
0: don't know, I don't know, know how, how know. I can describe it. Okay. I, I don't know how I
1: can describe it. Like, Do but- you write it a certain way? And like, cause I feel like I've actually, yes. so, cause I remember when we started doing the show on Clubhouse and you sent me your scripts, I could hear your voice in my brain. You yeah, know, of course that's, yeah. you know, is how much I've listened yeah. to the show, but like, and and yet, I was not able to speak it in the way that you, you know, speak it. And so, you're able to obviously carry forth your your language and the way that you express things in a way that also caters to the the the, the tone. I mean, it's funny, you know. This is the kind of stuff that we were talking about with Sam before. But obviously, you have your own intonation and the way that you write the thing is the way that you mm-hmm. speak the thing. And so, yeah. once you were able to unify those two modes of. Expression, one, you're able to write the thing in advance, which is necessary so that you know, because when I try to just extemporaneously say things, I just I repeat myself and I sound stupid, etc. So you do need the script, but you need to be able to do it in a way that doesn't come across as though it's you know dead and flat. So that totally makes sense. So did you see a change in you know listenership or audience engagement once you embrace that?
0: Uh, hard to say because mm. again, I, I I I had that you know breakthrough two weeks in. You know the yeah. first the first so month we maybe enough. had we maybe had five thousand listeners, and so you know we're around fifty thousand now. So mm. I, it's it's uh, you know it's hard to say what grew and what didn't, and and what hit and what didn't. I I don't know the answer to that. Mm. Um, but I I one hundred percent believe that the reason. I mentioned Howard Stern at the beginning of this like I I'm a I'm a child of Howard Stern and Ira Glass. Mm-hmm. Even though I again wasn't a broadcaster or anything like that but like or, or, or Terry Gross too where all three of those broadcasters are like natural, right? Yeah. They're not stentorian. they're not um they're not like uh, I'm I'm reading the news. This is hello this is NBC Nightly <laughs> like that's not right. I so I, I just 100% you know they always say about podcasting is that it's it's a very intimate medium you feel like people are your friends I'm not I don't want to be your friend because my job is to give you the news <laughs> um but at the same time I'm not uh Lester Holt or somebody you know what I mean yeah. I'm so I have to I have to get that middle ground and 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 as dumb as it is and I sound like I'm like on inside the actor studio or whatever that was such a breakthrough for me and then it made it so much easier where it's like, well just talk just write it for how you talk and mm-hmm. perform it that way and then and then you're you're good.
1: all right, so I, I feel like we've we've covered the format pretty well um, in also basically like what you do and how you do it. What can you say about any of the i don't know the consequences or the results or the opportunities or access or whatever else that maybe came you know, as a result of this you know it's it's obviously you also rode the wave of, of podcasting, you know, before it was cool and sort of like the streaming wars were, were picking up and before Spotify had exclusives and bought Roger Rogan. So what is, what has been the experience for you over these past thousand issues or episodes?
0: I think I said to someone on Twitter today or yesterday that I feel like I'm, you know how Indiana Jones pulls (laughs) the hat out from under the door as it's, uh, yeah, I think I got in on the last chance to get in on podcasting. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh first of all let me take this opportunity to say that it, it blows my mind that 50,000 people uh make me a daily habit think of how crazy that is chris I, like I, yeah okay but i okay this might be hum- <laughs> humble braggy go, but go for it. when i when i do the show every day and i get done at like 2 or whenever yeah. and then it's like i hit publish and it's like I'm here in my house by myself and I Walking go around. take the dog for a like walk. A normal person, uh-huh. But then sometimes I remind myself that like, you know, right now probably 3000 people at this very second are listening to your voice mm. right now. If like I went into the stats, probably a thousand people downloaded today's episode in the last hour and are probably listening to it right now. So like that's, fucked up <laughs> and 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 I I am I feel so thankful to all of you for putting up with me and and I'm unbelievably grateful for that so uh, let me take that opportunity to say that
1: um, yeah. I mean on behalf of all the listeners thank you thank you for doing well, this. well no
0: I would say that I would say this uh, I I I think that the show obviously fills a niche for people Um you know, I've been told personally by certain folks that the entire C-suite of certain fang companies listen every day, and mm-hmm. and you know, I there's you know big people in, in the world of tech that I know listen. I've I've never been um, recognized by my face, thank God, because I try to keep that out of the thing. But I have many many times been recognized by my voice, and that's a weird thing. <laughs> Where I'll be in a, at a, a, a conference back when we had those and, yeah. and meetups and things like that. And people will turn around and be like, what? Wait a minute, Brian? And you're that guy. <laughs> exactly. Oh. Um, so that's crazy. Uh, yes, I just, here, here's the thing. I like, I like being able to keep people informed about their industry. When I think of who's listening to me, I think of someone in a C-suite at a fan company, I think of a dev independent working uh, to try to, you know, make a living people in the trenches working at startups, you know, where I'm just trying to be like, here's what's happening in your industry. And, and, and th- that's, you know, like,
1: Okay. So, so this is, this is a, a critical point, right? Because on the one hand, we started out talking about the internet history podcast, and that was all oh. about getting people who have done these things where you look back and you talk about like Netscape, or you talk about like, you know, uh, other things that people have done in the tech world and you're getting their perspective with the benefit of hindsight, knowing that the things that they did impacted the world. And of course they want to talk about it. Now, what you're describing is wanting to equip uh, all of the people that you just described with information, what is it that drives you to do that? Why do you think that's important? And what function does The Daily Show serve to the industry, would you say?
0: Uh, You might wanna uh, invite Lisa up onto the stage, but let let me put it this way. The best days are the days when I wake up and I check my phone And before I get in the shower, I see a story, and I'm like, "Oh shit! I can't wait to tell people about this." Uh Like sometimes when the show goes 20 minutes, 22 minutes, or whatever, um, it's because I literally can't cut stuff. Mm. You know, I do cut things for editorial reasons and things like that, but I get so excited to be like, "Can you believe this happened? Mm. Can you? Did you know that this exists? Like, I love it. Like, Mm. I, I, I legitimately love it." so i feel privileged to be like i get to tell you about something that you didn't know um i i, I don't know like Was so, this something
1: that or a behavior that you had earlier in, in your life in terms of being sort of like the 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 person who who progenates information
0: uh no i don't think so yeah. okay. Okay. <laughs> i i mean i i haven't haven't had a job like this before at all so
1: well, I mean, but this is the job that you gave to yourself. And by the way, I did, I did send uh, Lisa an invitation. So if Twitter spaces works, yeah, maybe she, maybe she fell asleep. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's, it's late over there. Um, well, okay. I guess. So, so my, my, my question is kind of, you know, what, what are your takeaways from these thousand episodes? Like, you know, it's been Mm. three years that you've been doing this more or less, you know, with a few (sighs) breaks here and there, but you're in the trenches, you're, you know, at the forefront of this thing, you know, it's sort of like, you know, we've had a pandemic during this time. Like there are many, many, you know, there's uh, the the whole thing with, you know, Trump and the election and uh, politics and tech becoming such a central part of most of humanity's experience. And you've been there kind of you know, providing that context.
0: You know, it's funny that you say that. I wish I had done it longer. Huh? I wish, I wish we were celebrating a decade, uh, you, you well, know, cause we, we may be someday. Well, hopefully, you mm-hmm. know, uh, knock wood, let's, <laughs> let's all be here a decade from now. <laughs> right. Um, uh, I am, I am actually grateful because of the politics stuff. And, and, and we've sort of obliquely talked about this on the show that I try to keep politics out of it. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's a safe space for me hmm. that I don't have to wake up every day mm. normally and worry about politics, right? Mm. Um, and I feel like that's sort of been that's been a blessing for me personally, mm-hmm. <laughs> and also I feel like that that's kind of been like a, a guiding mm. uh, imperative of what I'm trying to do, which is like, all right, I have this narrow lane, and I need to do my best in this narrow lane, you know. Um, uh, I wish I wish that I had been doing it longer because we are at sort of like this. If you want, if you want me to talk about like where tech is, we're at this sort of like maximalist peak with tech. Mm-hmm. Where it's almost if you know like art history, we're sort of in the Baroque era yeah, yeah. of tech, where everything is as florid and crazy and insane as it could possibly be. <laughs> and you know, someday down the road, there's going to be um, an impressionist era that's going to you know, <laughs> but like it, it, everything is mm-hmm. right, right? Oh, hundred percent. Well, you know, maybe we're already we're, into we're about that. to get there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but everything is so money and, yeah. and, and power and, um, the impact on society. And so I kind of wish I was doing it back in 2012 when it was still like, uh, I think that that's the problem that tech has as an industry is they still feel like they're the underdogs. And so many people haven't realized that they're not <laughs> tech what, is not the underdog anymore. And
1: not to, not to go down this path too, too much, but yeah. if, what then, what then if, if the people who, you know, you're talking about and writing about every day took that role You know, seriously or differently. I mean, that is in some respects, I don't mean to say like the role of governments, but we think about, I think, you know, governments being in that serious position. Whereas, you know, people who build tech, it's like, oh, it's just tech, but clearly it's not anymore.
0: But there, there's a, there's a, there's a more mature way to be. Like do you hmm. you know the term noblesse oblige? Uh
1: yes, it's a very that you know, French ha- old, couture.
0: Old old school t- term, which is it actually the easiest way to explain it is the Spider-Man thing, which is with great power, great right. responsibility. But there used to be this idea that if you are rich and powerful, you have to, to you're obligated to wear it well. Yeah. Yeah. And not be an asshole about it. <laughs> um and I think I, I said before on the show that my my overarching bias on the show is the only industry i've ever been in in my whole life is tech. Mm-hmm. i believe in tech to my bones. it's it's because i believe in humanity. tech to me is the human race um bettering itself, right? um and so when tech yeah. when tech is not as good as i want it to be, it mm-hmm. offends me. yeah. um and so my overarching bias is that I want tech to be as good as I think it should be. And I mean that morally, I mean that, uh, you know, the products we do, you know, uh, everything. I just want tech to be better and not better because it's bad now, but I want it to be its best self. Um, that's my bias.
1: And like, I'm totally with you. And I mean, I think that's, that's obviously what, what, what has drawn me and so many other people to it. One of the things that I just I can't not think about now is the degree to which there is overlap between the quality of the individuals who are building that tech and whether or not the tech achieves what you're describing. Like, like for example, you know, you asked me, like, what's a story that would have been interesting to talk about, you know, over the last week or so? And, you know, it 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 was not in my mind, but. I have been hearing a lot about the stories, you know, in Afghanistan, and mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that, that that is a fascinating moment in time to think about all these assumptions that we've made about tech and technology being used, let's say, by governments suddenly being used by a government mm-hmm. or, or a potential mm-hmm. government, which is not go- like it has not been recognized or has been recognized as being, a, you know, a, a negative actor in the world. Or you
0: know, yeah, the idea that that Twitter or Facebook might have to turn over the official Afghan accounts right to, to the Taliban right. Exactly. I mean, I mean you, you and I were around for when the Arab Spring happened and, and everyone yes. credited Twitter with that. And, yeah. but, but, you know, 20 years ago when the Afghan war started, yeah. there was no social media. And so the, it, it's funny to be like, oh, my God, the Taliban are using social media as a way to create legitimacy for their government to create. But of course they are. Yeah, That's course. the world we live in now. <laughs> like,
1: I, I think that's my well, point. And, and, yeah. and maybe the the, the the last question that I kind of want to ask, and then, you know, if you want to open it up, we can, um, is is about w- what you sort of imagine, you know, for the next thousand episodes. You know, given mm. where we are with tech, given what's happened just in the last three years over the last thousand episodes, like, you know, you, you mentioned sort of being in this Baroque, Baroque period. And I, I, I forget my art history in this moment, but like, you know, what are the next sequence, sequential things that you think are going to happen? I mean, you've been covering a lot about crypto, a lot about, you know, um, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. ways in which tech is being weaponized, the ways in which exploits are happening, um, you know, the way in which tech is being used against us. So where do you where do you have optimism and hope? Where do you think this goes over the next thousand episodes?
0: Well, it's it's entirely cyclical, mm. um, uh both you and i have been around for several cycles yeah. there are cycles when uh the pretty people come in to get rich <laughs> right and then there will be a bust you know i don't know that tech has had its punk movement yet if we're going to use art history metaphors
1: not not the punks um, they, they don't qualify
0: i'm saying it's not really the, punk rock
1: i mean it's, it's, it's
0: yeah really. i'm saying punk rock in the sense of like anti-establishments stuff. Uh, uh, tech yeah, crypto- to me Yes.
1: Yeah. Yes, maybe, yes. Yes, and
0: maybe yes. I don't think TBD. See, I don't think that crypto is as anti-establishment as crypto thinks it is. But right, whatever. it's just
1: another type of establishment that's waiting to be established.
0: I would think. I would think that there will be. Everything is so big and baroque right now that there's <laughs> going to be a reaction that will be more. Um, hmm. oh, fuck. What would the word be? Nihilist. No, no. Actually, I would say oh. more craft-based, oh. more like craft, more beer, more. Yeah, right. Oh. More, bespoke. more human scale, right. bespoke. There you go. Hmm. That's it. Bespoke is um, where everything isn't, and it's already happening. I, I've been saying this for a few years now, and it's already true. It's not about going for a billion users for yeah. everything right now. Um, well, there's a bifurcation, so, right?
1: Because there's yeah, you know platforms yeah. like Mirror.xyz that are really yeah. exclusive. And then you have, yeah. you know, medium trying to figure out what it's doing against, you know, Substack and trying to get all the users and all the subs and all this other yeah. stuff. And there's a lot of people who are just like, you know, I, it's putting too much of the financial benefits and upside kind of in the center of the thing. And I just, I want to, and I do tomatoes think tomatoes or something,
0: I do think that that's what excites me about this creator economy idea, yeah. even though what I don't like about the creator economy is all the platforms trying to basically grab it and domesticate it. But <laughs> if the, if the creator economy does pan out the right way, um, it is, it will be sort of a DIY punk sort of thing. Um, so that's what excites me about that. Maybe it won't turn out that way, but, um, um, you know what, uh, Chris, b- before we shut down, let's yeah. please do, let's open up. If yeah. anybody, if anybody and listening can, has can questions, you raise your hand now, actually. Yeah. Um, about, how I do shit, or uh, why I do shit. <laughs> criticism ahead yeah, yeah
1: feedback, exactly, right.
0: exactly. yeah.
1: Now's your chance. you can raise your hand.
0: And if nobody does, that's, that's fine, fine too. too. Oh, um,
1: well, let's see let's see. Let's bring up Steve.
0: With everybody fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Whenever I need to do financial research for this show, for instance, during tech earnings season, when I have to analyze how various companies' stocks have been performing, I only ever turn to our sponsor today, Yahoo Finance. On your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com. Let's see, did that
4: work? Oh,
1: and we got, okay, we got a couple folks. Come on up.
0: Hey,
2: this is Steve
1: Moser. Hey, Steve. Welcome.
0: Yes.
2: Hey, Steve. Hi. Yeah, I was just thinking of a way to like to tie this whole show together, right? With the whole Otter bit and everything. And, yeah. And I thought it was fascinating. I, I love the feature and Techmeme where it uh, mentions you if you're uh, mentioned in uh, or linked in. Oh, I
0: love that too. If you have
2: a tweet, right? The oh, tweets, man, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. Yeah, yeah. What if they had that, but like Otter was able to like pull out that. Ooh, you know, like audio mentions. Somebody's tweet. Oh, boy. Yes, exactly. And oh, then boy.
2: And still automatically like tweet at somebody. That hey, I mentioned you in the TechBeam podcast.
4: Like, just make it really <laughs> easy for me to share the snippet that you you
0: recorded. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah, there Simon, you. I mean,
1: Simon, you're listening. Yep. Yeah,
0: go ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the, 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 you know w- it, what Otter people say about uh, audio is that it, it it has a discovery problem. Uh, audio exists outside of things like SEO and things like that. So you know, we'll, Otter we'll, it,
1: we'll call it the ears burning feature.
0: How about yeah. that? Yeah. There you go. Um, Otter has the opportunity to um, to blow that wide open. I think.
1: <laughs> Simon, can you speak to that?
0: Can you guys hear me? Yes. So within Otter, you can add mention someone to another um, Otter user verbally, so that, with your
1: voice, or just no, oh, you have not, to like, not
0: yeah. with
2: your voice. Yeah, See, sorry, that's, I'm that's, that's what we want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. In
1: the roadmap. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Well, actually, you, actually, this is, uh, I think I'm able to talk about this, but I'm going to talk about it anyways. Um, there is a beta program, uh, that Otter is working on for groups and TechMeme is going to be piloting one of these groups. And so perhaps Simon, we can work on. Bring in mentions of companies, of people, etc., and think about how we can surface that information, whether it's through Twitter or some other means. You know, because one of the things actually that would be really cool, uh, you know, for for looking over Brian's transcripts is to see all the the, the people and the companies and the you know the proper nouns uh, that he's mentioned over time, and to see all of the episodes where those things are mentioned. Um, so perhaps that's something we can build into the uh, the groups beta that we're going to be piloting.
4: Absolutely, I feel like great. on the.
2: All in podcast, there's like somebody that does like all this AI statistics of like who's uh, dominating the conversation and everything It's a topic in the podcast itself, so yeah, I'm just democratizing that for every podcast or every meeting or something It's totally.
3: fascinating
1: that's 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 great all right we got we got David up here, David, hello
3: hey, real quick, Brian, congratulations,
0: but uh, <laughs> thank it, it, you I, I was going to say. I'm sure you had no struggles whatsoever to
3: get 1000
0: <laughs> episode out of the window. So perhaps is is it okay to share maybe you know that one time where you almost ah.
3: uh, gave up and say, screw this. I'm going to skip one Such episode today. Love yeah. It. Can you, can you share one of those moments, you know, cause we're all trying to go grind through our third episode and you
0: got 1,000. <laughs> yeah,
1: What is your secret? And when did you, okay, fail? it's
0: funny. And th- this is again, why I wish uh, Lisa w- would, cause I say this to her sometimes because you know, the last year we've been working in the same room. Um it goes in waves and i will i swear to god some days it just fucking sucks hmm. i can't talk right the stories are uninteresting i can't find enough stories to talk about i don't know how or why but if if you've ever been like a regular exerciser like a runner or you go to the gym five days a week or whatever. Yeah. Right, right, right. Well, actually, you wouldn't look, know what to look at me now, but I was big into weights when I was in college. And it's just like someday you go to the gym and, and what you could do yesterday, you just can't do today. Yeah. There's no rhyme or reason for it. So it, it doesn't help some days when there's no news that I'm interested in. But I swear to God... Just some days, like, there's a, a weird moon out or something. But, like, I, you know, I, I wish sometimes I could release the unedited, you know. Uh, it'll take me 45 minutes to record a show because I'm like, I my, my lips won't work. I'm like I'll, I'll be sitting there trying to read something. I'm like, who fucking wrote that? I wrote that. What the fuck is this? It's <laughs> you know? fired. Yeah, this is. It's just crazy how some days it goes so smooth and you're firing on all cylinders, and some days and there's no rhyme or reason to it. So, I, I all I can tell you is that if you do something long enough, I I feel like that that's the way it goes. You know, like. Michael Phelps has days when he can't fucking swim. <laughs> that's Tiger you know, that's just, yeah, all those folks. Yeah, that's just the way the way it goes. Right, so Lisa, I,
1: Lisa is up here now, so she can actually provide some color to this uh, if she's oh able to.
0: Lisa, what's it like to uh, work <laughs> next to a podcaster all day long?
3: He's really loud. <laughs> There's a lot of swearing that happens. <laughs> like he was saying, That never makes I, it in the show. I thought Monday was going to be one of those. Was it Monday? It was. It would be one of those days that he just throws in the towel because um, I I think most of the listeners know that we spent the weekend moving a storage Mm -hmm, unit and um, been sitting with a lot of moldy boxes and and (laughs) questionable hotel rooms. And so Brian's throat on Monday. Yeah, my voice has been terrible. I
0: was
1: like, sounds like
0: (laughs) he's got a cold. No, it's because two of the hotel rooms were moldy. Oh. Uh, that's a whole nother story. Okay. But yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so
3: I think Monday was a, a close call. <laughs> I, well, I even you... offered my services and he turned me down
1: for. Oh, oh for you should totally do a show. guest a guest show. You could probably like do it even better than him, than him at this
0: point.
3: But I would have no idea what I'm talking about. So oh. that you know, yeah,
0: but I could write it, and you just have to read it. But. Um, just, just as a as a neutral observer, like do like I go into like some sort of like a fugue state when I'm like <laughs> like, like what what happens because I do know that I get angry until I can get it all out, and then the editing is just the editing. But like, w- what do you think? Like my workflow is is it like is it chaotic or what? What do you think from as an observer?
3: It. Um... you have, you stop and start a lot. Um, because I notice, you know, I'll be typing away and on the email or something like that. And then you're just like, come check out this me or come over here. You have to see this thing. And then you show me like a cat meme or something like that. (laughs) And then you go back to like writing the show (laughs) and it's kind of stops and starts. Um, and then when you go into recording, it's, you do, you do plow through it. Um, and you know, it, you're very productive. It's <laughs> quite surprising, but he always makes time on Tuesday and Fridays to watch for the street cleaner. Oh, uh,
0: um, right! Yeah. <laughs> she she's going to take a picture of me one day. Every time when this, now that we're working from home, every time the street cleaner goes by, she I, I like a like a, a prairie dog. I sit up in my chair and I look out the window to see if this if our part of the street has been cleaned or not. That's her <laughs> cracks her up every time.
3: Um, very cute.
1: Uh, Lisa, so so while we got you here, any um, observations or any thoughts about the you know the change or about his approach or what you've just sort of witnessed, you know, as as a as a party present for these last
3: thousand episodes. So, um, what I what, and this may isn't directly related to the podcast, mm-hmm. but sort of is, is that actually his the relationship with with Gabe uh, mm. has been lovely to watch. Um Brian, like you said, he was a super fan of Tech Meme for years upon years. And when we first moved to New York, Brian was kind of bored and he applied for a job at Tech Meme. Mm. Oh that's right. Editor. That's and, right. And Gabe called you and you were so excited like I'm gonna talk to Gabe Rivera. And then <laughs> and Gabe was basically like, why? do you want this job? You're overqualified. And by the way, you're not getting the job.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I Why? totally forgot that. That's the best kind of rejection ever. You're you're and, just far too good for us.
3: And then it was like a few months later, we met up with him for whatever reason. Like he right, took a chance it, and we met up with him at Hell's Kitchen at, for like a burger or something. No, you
0: know? I think before that, like M.G. <laughs> M- M- Siegler was in town and we, and somebody else and we went to l- to lunch or brunches. Or- anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like know. what? 2011 or something. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Um, anyway. And and so it's just been, it's been fun getting to know Gabe and Ashley and, um, and the development of that relationship and, and seeing how the show has gone from A to Z and, um, has, has come a long way. It's, it's been a, a great ride.
1: Uh, that's awesome. Um, I just, uh, we have one more, um, uh, person I brought up here. I just, I, I pinned a tweet that came in from JC Penney's. At least that's their twitter handle that that was actually a really really useful a uh, reminder you know for us right because you know i i live in oakland and, and of course you guys are uh, in new york but um we are so deep in the tech world that it you know we are we are fish in a fishbowl and everything around us is just sort of of this world and i feel like so, so i will read this tweet um, because it's a good reminder i think of the broader audience you know of those fifty thousand folks you know you mentioned many folks who are in the tech world but it's the people who are adjacent to it and are trying to make sense of it, are trying to understand what is going on and how do these things connect. And you know, I think, Brian, that's one of the things you bring to this, is that historical perspective that puts things in, into context. So it's not just a matter of a bunch of facts being thrown at you, but it's like, this is how this relates to this, and this is why it's important, and this is like this other trend that might be happening, you know, pay attention to this. Um, and I think it's useful. So this is, this is what uh, JC Penney writes. I'm 33 and drive a concrete mixing truck in the middle of... Kansas. I believe KS is Kansas. Uh, Listen every day and sort of live vicariously in the tech world through your tech meme and internet history podcast. Makes me feel more connected to the white collar world of Silicon Valley folks, you know? Thanks for that. And thanks for including me. So I just, uh, by the way, uh,
0: JC, just so you know, I remember you because you came on one of the early, um, listener episodes, like mm. over a year ago when we were first starting to experiment with that and I wanted you to come on and you were like, you were too shy to do it. You're like, I've got nothing to say, but I still remember you because, mm. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I appreciate that. Um, I, I,
1: I think it is, it's important, right? This is the one thing I think that, that, you know, that you do provide as a service, which is helping people to have access to an inside in or like insight and an inside into all of these things that are coming down the pipe that i think a lot of people you know they're mysterious you know they feel disconnected from you know it was, it was funny i, I got a, an email from my my half sister today and and you know she was you know talking about how she has a book coming out she's like i think i need a hashtag or something for that and like she's just like not connected to this world at all and there are so many people who are not and are trying to make sense of it and so i think that 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 is one of the things that is is, is worth i guess uh keeping front and center um in terms of 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 why this is worth doing. But okay. So last last question um uh is from oh boy. Anyebo is is did I say that right?
4: Yeah you said it right. Yes.
1: <laughs>
2: welcome, welcome.
4: Uh, thank you guys for having me. Congratulations to both of you guys. Um I had a question about something that Brian uh said. He mentioned that uh, there's uh, a lot of big uh companies who see suite listen to them and I could uh attested that I was a lift driver for one of the Collison brothers and um, I was playing the podcast and uh, you actually mentioned Stripe and he was like, what the hell is this? Uh, <laughs> and uh, it was uh, a little bit of a funny moment, but I, I wanted to ask, uh, you know, you, you do a good job of just talking about like the facts and the stories and you generally give your opinion. sometimes to the bigger stories at the end um as the podcast grows more and it gets attention from the bigger tech companies do you feel a need to maybe expand on that or limit that like mm. how do you feel about that uh I,
0: i've i've said before i'm not a journalist so i i i will never and the reason i say this cuz i come from a family of journalists so i respect the profession um so I'm never going to claim to be that, but at the same time, that means I'm never going to claim to be hundred uh, um, percent what's it, neutral, right? Uh, but at the same time, uh, I I don't I I, can't, I hope to God and you all hold me to this. Uh, if if I all of a sudden become too insidery or something, I can't imagine. That I would ever be that important, that I'd be insider. But, like, I I'd like to just call everything neutral and a straight shooter. You know what I mean? So, if we're having the two thousandth episode, and you need to say, you know, Brian, you're you become best friends with the Collison brothers, and you're too buddy buddy with them. Like, let me know. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's a hard thing to say. Because, again, uh, Chris and I do know people, right? Right. Uh, But at the same time, at least the people that I'm friendly with would never take offense if I said something about their company or their fund or something that they disagreed with, right?
1: Like one, One principle, or at least I feel like, I think you and I are similar in this regard. And I think both you and I have that hope uh, and you know we want tech to to have a positive impact on the world. We want the the humans building the tech to be held to a higher standard because of the impact that that it can have. So when it comes to that insideriness, I I don't know. I I guess all the things that I would say about people on a podcast, I would say to their face. Yeah. And I would yeah. hope that they would be open to that feedback and willing to take it. And. You know, even, you know, you and I, Brian, like, like today, I think had a, a conversation like behind the scenes about like the show and about how it's going. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like I've worked really hard to get to a place where I can provide that critical feedback while also, you know, being respectful and understanding that there needs to be that conversation that happens first. And then there can be criticism if the criticism is warranted. I think we come from the same place of seeing like how things happen and how they unfold where blame or or going to blame in the first order or the first case doesn't always result in understanding or making progress or moving forward. So, you know, I think that, 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 that criticism comes from a place of wanting to be helpful and generative, not from a place of wanting to cut other people down.
0: But you know, the other thing, maybe this is hubristic to say, but Mm -hmm. I I've said this to people before, you know how in high school there was those kids that would go between clicks yeah. You know, they weren't really the jocks, they weren't really the stone. Well, I always thought of really myself the... as a
1: chameleon and I really belong to none. Right. So yeah.
0: I feel like that was me in high school too. And I really feel like that that's me in the tech world where yeah. especially here in New York, I know VCs for 20 years, right? I know like we were talking about earlier, Chris, where it's like the 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 weird kid that you meet when you're 22 ends up being the billionaire when you're 42. Like I know so many of those people and none of them think at least in my, from my perspective, and maybe this is hubristic, no one thinks that I'm in that crowd. You know, I'm not necessarily an operator. I'm not necessarily a VC. I'm not necessarily a journalist. I'm not necessarily fine. Like, so I, I think if that's true, the longer I can hold on to that where no, I I'm not clearly in any crowd that's better for me to do my job. You know,
1: totally makes sense. Yeah. And I agree with that. All right. Let's bring this to a close. Any last yes. thoughts, uh, that you'd like to share on this, on this historic moment here?
0: No, but, uh, please let's do another thousand at least. And, <laughs> totally. uh, I, I want, I want to reiterate again that I can't thank people enough for putting me in your head every day. And this is the best job I've ever had. I've, I've never been so professionally fulfilled, Mm. uh, than doing this podcast in particular. So I appreciate it. Long may it last. And, And, and thank you for listening.
1: Cheers to that. Totally agree. And thank you for the last thousand episodes. And I look forward to listening to the
0: next Thanks, Brian. God bless you, everyone.
2: (laughs) Congrats, Brian. Awesome.
0: Thanks. Later, everybody. Bye, guys.